This week we talk about the intersection of the life philosophy proposed by the book and what I think is ultimately behind why so many people are angry, upset, and feeling despair about their circumstances and their futures to such an extent that it resulted in recent violence at the United States Capitol. To be clear, I intentionally don't talk about politics in this podcast because it is off topic. But since things got so serious recently in the United States, it got me thinking I should offer a perspective on the subject. I promise I won't talk about politics on this podcast normally, but hear me out this time. I feel there's a whole lot of overlap between what is behind a lot of the angst in the United States right now and the whole life mindset and philosophy we advance in the book. That'll happen right after a quick word from our sponsor, me. Hi everyone, welcome to the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting. I am David, the author of the book of the same name, Gentleman's Guide to Flirting, available on Amazon.com. I am also your host and the exalted leader of the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting empire. You will be able to find this content on YouTube or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Hello everyone. Welcome to episode 29 of the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting. This week we talk about the intersection of the life philosophy proposed by the book in part one and what I think is ultimately behind why so many people are angry, upset, and feeling despair about their circumstances and their futures. Like I said in the introduction, I intentionally don't talk about politics in this podcast because it is off topic. But since things got so serious recently in the United States, it got me thinking I should offer a perspective on the subject. What motivated me specifically to dedicate a whole podcast episode to this topic was the events and violence that happened at the United States Congress on January 6th, 2021. Like millions around the world, I was shocked, horrified, saddened, and disappointed. But my mind eventually swung to, what can we learn from this? Can we possibly turn this ugliness and anger into something positive for all of us individually and for society as a whole, even if it takes years to do so on the broadest scale. As I record this, there are millions of people angry that their U.S. presidential candidate didn't win the election. A very small percentage of those millions of people, but still a large number, decided to travel to Washington, D.C. to commit acts of violence. Tens of thousands of people made the trip, and it looks around like around several hundred of those folks were intent on committing violence. Now everyone has their reasons for how they feel, but I would like to offer insights into what I think are the underlying reasons why at least some of the people are so angry and upset, and why they feel so strongly about it all. For listeners outside of the United States, please bear with me. I think the observations we will cover here might be true in a different context than some other countries where the citizenry is sharply divided into two or more political groups that dislike or outright hate each other. So again, please bear with me and hear me out on this. The first point I want to make is that calling the other side names, insulting them, or vilifying them doesn't help. 
I was listening to an unrelated podcast today where a person from one side called the other as a group, quote, gullible, simple-minded, stupid goofs. Painting those opposed to your viewpoints with such a broad brush is almost never the right thing to do. Instead, I propose getting to the root causes of your shared problems. Get to the facts calmly and methodically. Find areas of shared concern. Find your shared values. For example, in the United States and across the West and globally, are you worried about another financial crisis similar to the global crisis of 2007 to 2009? Do you fear a financial crash that is far worse, longer lasting, more impactful, and perhaps unfixable? Are you concerned about massive national debt levels threatening your way of life and that of your children or grandchildren? Do you share that concern? Do people holding opposite views share it? I would hope so because it can affect your entire country's and the whole world's way of life. Did the person you were so upset about do anything to help that problem or did they make it worse? Did they ever talk about what is really bothering you or just give you slogans, no actions, and no strategy or plan? Think about that. For the things that are bothering you the most, are you and your family better off at all? No? Then why are you so upset about one person who didn't deliver for you? Here is another way I look at what is underneath the sharp disagreements we have here in the United States right now. Here is a list of what I think is behind a lot of people's frustration with their governments. Jobs. Many don't feel they have access to high-paying work anymore. Prosperity. Some, when they compare themselves to their parents or grandparents, are feeling worse off financially and with no relief looming on any horizon. Homeownership. The price of owning a home, the so-called American dream, is priced out of reach for many. Business ownership. Many feel that large companies, or maybe immigrants, are taking all of the oxygen out of the room to start a thriving business. A comfortable retirement. A shockingly large number of Americans have little to no retirement savings, nothing set aside for when they may not be able to work anymore. That applies to millions of people and the trend is getting worse as the years pass. Access to health care. Many in the U.S. don't have access to affordable health care. And lastly, many feel that generally the prospects of a bright future just aren't there. For those in the United States, the boom times of the 1950s and 1960s are gone. I'll say it again. For those in the United States, the boom times of the 1950s and 1960s are gone. Nothing is going to be handed to you. No matter who you elect president, no matter what they promise, wealth and prosperity will not just be handed to you. The world is only getting tougher and more competitive. Either you choose and work and make your massive daily effort to thrive in this new, difficult, and competitive world to support and protect and provide for your family, your children, your closest friends, the people you care most about in this world, or you don't. This book, these podcasts, the next book due in late 2021, are for those who choose option A, meaning it is for those who choose to work hard, to prosper, to do whatever it takes, no matter what. 
It is for those who take the bull by the horns. It is for those who create their own success and don't wait for anyone else or their governments to hand them anything. As for calls to quote-unquote lower the temperature in this overheated political climate in the United States right now, I say crank it up, but in a positive way, not a violent way, not a wasted effort way, not an inefficient way. Crank it up. Our problems are huge and urgent. Harness all of this energy out there and do positive things for society. Move. Let's get a strategy together that'll work to address our biggest problems and get to work. Move with purpose. Don't just tell people on both sides to shut up and go home. Lead. Lead. Find a way forward that addresses people's real concerns and needs, their long-term concerns. Map out a way forward. Sell that plan to the masses. Lead. People need leadership. They are crying out for it. If you're in a position of authority today and what I'm saying doesn't resonate with you at all and you don't understand it, then step aside and make room for someone with a plan and good intentions and energy and integrity to lead the way. If you feel that strongly about the economy of your country or the political environment or social concerns, maybe make one of your goals to become a politician. We need more principled people, principled leaders at every level from local government all the way up to the president or prime minister of your country. That's a noble profession, but it can't be a difficult road dealing with personal attacks on you and your family, dealing with liars and disinformation, and dealing with people of all types trying to run every game and con imaginable on your staff and you. In my opinion, part of the problem now in, in the United States is that the political environment is so toxic that nobody good wants the job, including the presidency. Nobody good. We end up going to the polls to vote, hold our noses, and try to pick the least bad option. For those not inclined to politics or government service, like we cover in the book, do what you can to be that great asset for your family and friends. Be a strong positive to your neighbors and community. If we all do that, by the millions, society will change in beneficial ways. In closing, stay cool, stay focused on what matters, and keep moving forward towards your goals in positive ways. Let's get to work.